I want to start a series. Uh, we've been doing a series on prayer. And now I want to in, enter into a series on the blood covenant. When I first went to Ramah, uh, one of my courses the first year was blood covenant. And I got so excited about it, I, I called my pastor back home. And I said, "Have you? did you ever study the blood covenant when you were in seminary? He says, I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, it's not taught in seminaries, and it's not taught in churches like it should be. And the whole Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, means covenant. Old Covenant and New Covenant. And when I understood covenant, it really changed so much about how I approached God, how I saw the Word of God, how I looked at the Old Testament and the New Testament, and how I saw the cross. And it changed my ability to pray and receive answers. It, it was just phenomenal, and I, I really have a heart for teaching in this area so that people can understand that you have covenant rights and what they are and what it entails. Um, you know, I run across people all the time, and they'll say one of the big cop-outs that people who say there's no God or they get angry at God is, well, what kind of a God is he that he allows suffering and killing and we look at it every day on tv now all the devastation that's going on in ukraine and and the evil in the world and the lying and the cheating and the deceiving and people just want to go well what kind of a god is it that allows children to be abused and so forth and these things go on well let me let me defend my father God didn't cause this to happen. God is the answer. He is not the problem. God had a covenant with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And he said, if you'll tend to this garden and tend my creation, I'll bless you to the uttermost. And he said, but you stay within one perimeter and you do not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And that was a covenant limit that he had put on them. And, of course, they broke it. And the minute they broke it, they were, they got out of covenant with God. God, number one, first thing you write down is God is a covenant-keeping God. Everything he does so often revolves around covenant. And when Adam and Eve broke their covenant, Satan had a right to enter in. And when he entered in, then they became spiritually dead. And spiritual death entered in to Adam. And it was passed on from him to all of his descendants. That's us. And God had a plan. Now, when we understand about what happened in the garden, then we have to understand that, that Adam turned the whole, all of his authority, everything that he had been given in this earth by God, he sold it out to Satan. Now, he didn't sell it out for all of eternity. Satan has a lease on this earth, and it ends at the end of the, uh, the tribulation, and he knows that. So there is a time period on this lease 
that he has on this earth. But you have to understand, to understand what's going on around you, that Satan is the God of this world. He's not the God of all creation. But he has been given the authority through Adam to rule in this earth. And so God had to have a way of getting us back out of the hands of Satan. And this is what I love about my father, because he has an answer before we even know that there's a problem. And so he came in and he formed covenant. Now, he formed the covenant starting all the way in the beginning of the Bible, and I call it the scarlet thread. And it runs from the book of Genesis all the way through the entire Gospels. And it's the the life of Jesus. And he is the scarlet thread. And we we think of covenant so often as we think, well, that Noah had a covenant with God. We see the rainbow. Oh, gee, isn't that wonderful? Blah, blah, blah. And so on. We see these things, but we don't understand what covenant entails. And so that's what I want to teach on. And I want to go step by step so that you can understand and you need to write it down so that you can go back. And not only digest it for yourself, but that you can teach it to others. You know, when people see the things that they see and they blame it on God, who is not the enemy, he is not the problem. He takes all the blunt of the blame that is really Satan's. And God is for us. He is not against us. He sent his most precious thing he had, and that was his son, to die for us that we can be bought out of darkness into light. He paid the ultimate price that we could not pay. We were in jail, and we had no money to pay the bond. And Jesus came along, and he not only paid the bond, he paid the price, and he did the full time. And he said, you walk out, and we walked out of the door. And he took upon himself all of our negatives, every one of them. We had nothing positive going for us. And we're going to talk about this because it's part of covenant. We had nothing positive, but he entered into a covenant with you and me. When we receive him as our Lord and Savior, Jesus becomes in us and being in us and we are in him. We stand in covenant through that new birth with God. That gives us the right to claim any covenant relationship that we have with God. So once you get to the point of saying, well, okay, there is a God, but I don't I don't really know. I'm not sure there's a God. Is there really a God? Well, you know, the Bible says in Romans 120 that God He says, not only do we know that God exists through his handiwork, but we also know of his existence through instinct. God has built into every man a God consciousness. 
Anybody that stands before you and says that they do not believe in God is a liar. And the only reason that they take that stance is because pride of life has taken the throne of their life. Pride was the thing that got Satan kicked out of heaven. And it is an enemy of God. And when man puts himself on the throne, then there is no room for anyone else. And so when it's the idea of sharing your life and submitting yourself to a God, many people deny a God so that they can be a God. They want to be the God. And so it is totally contradictory to what the word says. There is absolutely no excuse for any man to deny God because he has given a witness of himself, not only in nature, but in your inner man, you have a consciousness of him. And so once you realize, well, they're okay, there is a God. But why does this God allow these things to happen, which I just talked about? Because man turned everything over to the enemy. And so even though we have been bought back from, from the darkness into the light through the life of Jesus Christ, we are no longer citizens of this world. Our citizenship has been transferred to heaven. And we are considered ambassadors in this world. Our citizenship is not here. In the natural, you're a citizen. But in the spiritual, your citizenship is in heaven. And so God left you here for a reason and a purpose, which we will also get into. But we need to understand who is this God? Who is this God? How do I get to know him? Well, first off, you have to enter into the covenant with him. You have to enter into the fatherhood. And you do that through acknowledging Jesus Christ as his son. And once you acknowledge Jesus as the son of God and you repent of all your sins and say, God, I want Jesus to be the throne in my life. I want to submit to the kingship of Jesus. I acknowledge that Jesus is who he says he is, that he is the son of God, and that I want him to come and live and abide in me, and I want to live and abide in you. And when you ask God to do this, you instantly become a new creation in Christ Jesus. And once you have done that, you have entered into the covenant. And then you begin to see God for who he is, not who Satan pictures him to be. There comes a transformation in your heart. And the hunger that has been a deep hole that so many people have tried to fill through drugs, through alcohol, through money, through things, possessions, power, all of these things are just emptiness that they're trying to fill up a big hole. And the only way you can satisfy that need in your life is by having Christ on the throne of your life. And once you come to know God as your father, not just God, because the unbelievers never refer to God as father because he is not their father. But as a child now of God, you can go to the throne of grace and you can 
go and be in his presence as his child. And there is such a, a warmth, such a love. I have spent time in the presence of God and my fellowship with him in times when I, I don't come with my hands out. I come with my hands up. And I just want to simply draw off of the love of him. I just want to be around him. And I can sit there and the and I just so overwhelmed with God's love that I start crying. It's not a sad cry. It's not sad tears. It's happiness. It's a it's a happiness that passes all understanding. And it doesn't matter how your world is going. It doesn't matter how things are falling apart around you, as it seems. You can live in the middle of the storm in perfect peace. And that's what God wants for every one of his children. He loves us so much. And he wants us to come and fellowship with him. That's why God created us to be his children, to fellowship with him, to talk with him. Did you know that God laughs? Did you know that God has a sense of humor? Oh, he has to. He created us. I think of some of the things that I've done and I just can hear Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God just chuckling because really they just love us so much. But, you know, little children do the cutest, funniest, dumbest things and parents will laugh and our father's not any different. And he smiles. I had a friend one time. She was a a lady that worked with me in the jail. She went into the jail and, um, she she walked up to me one night and she said, Louise, God told me to tell you that every time you show up in the jail, you put a huge smile on his face. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Don't we all want to put a huge smile on our parents' faces? Oh, to see the delight in our parents' eyes. To know that what we're doing is pleasing in his sight. Oh, that is so wonderful. There's nothing, there's no wealth, there's no riches, there's no anything that can ever compare to knowing the love of God. And and I, I'm telling you, I, I want every, my heart's desire is that everybody within my voice can come to that knowledge and that understanding and that relationship with God. He knows your hearts. He knows everything you're going through. He knows exactly what you've done. There is nothing that you've done that he can't that you can hide from him. And he doesn't condemn you. He just loves you. He loves you through it all. I mean, I have been at times where I have been rebellious. And I have been frustrated and I have turned my back one point on the ministry. And God didn't condemn me. He loved me through it. He was patient. He was gentle. He was kind. And he put people across my path that helped turn me back around in the right direction. He sent my husband to me who has been just a a wonderful, wonderful, strong fortress that has has helped me he has never been 
um, competitive with me in the ministry in any way, shape, or form. But he has been there as a total helpmate. And I love it. I mean, God knew that. He knew I needed that in my life. As a single person, I have a real heart for single men and women, but really women. Because I'm going to tell you something. I've been, I was a single woman for so long, for 21 years, raising my child. Um, I divorced when my daughter was six months old. And... Um, I took care of my mother for nine years, and I know what it is to be a single parent. And I know the heartache you go through and how difficult it is. But I do know something else, that it will bring out the best in you. It will either make you or break you. And if you will allow God to make it in you, you will become out a strong, strong woman for God. But women, you do need that good that good husband who's there to stand with you. I love it. He is such a such a helpmate. Um, God is merciful. He is slow to anger. Oh, my goodness. Aren't we blessed? He's ready to forgive us. He has plenty of mercy. And his loving kindness is always extended us. He wants us to be the utmost, and he has done every single thing that you need to accomplish that in your life. He has, John said in 1 John, that he's given us everything we need for life and godliness. In other words, you don't fall short in anything. You think that God maybe forgot one area, and that happens to be your area? Wrong. He covered that. He covered that 2,000 years ago. There is nothing that's going to come up in your life that God already doesn't have the answer. And the reason we sometimes think, well, why, do, why is this happening and I'm not getting the answer, is because we get in the way. We want to deal with it. We want to take care of it. We think we can fix it. And you know, the hardest thing for some of us to do is to get out of the way. If we would let God drive the car and we would go climb into the back seat, we would be much better off. But you know, I've, I've driven the car and my husband will be in the front seat and he'll be telling me everywhere we go, well, turn here, turn left, don't slow down, speed up, don't go too fast. And you know, I'm thinking, there's only one of us that needs to drive this car. And you are such a distraction. And so we need to turn loose and let God be God. And quit trying to do it all ourselves. You know, when you try to do it yourself, you know what that is? That's pride. That's saying you know more than God knows. But I have to end right here because I am only allowed a certain amount of time on these podcasts. So I'm going to stop now. I've done my preaching. And when you tune in again the next time, we're going to begin to talk about covenant defined. The, the definitions of covenant, um, the Hebrew rituals. And... Um, and I, I, I think I thank you for turning tuning in, um, and listening. Uh, there's a lot of t a lot of things you could be doing, 
a, lo a lot's going on around you, but you took the time to listen, and and uh, I appreciate it, and God appreciates it. So hang in, and we're going to get some, some real understanding going on here in our lives. Love you, every one of you. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.